Well, what's up, guys? Hope everybody's good. Um, today, I I guess I did my first little bit of training where, you know, at some point, you've got to, you'll probably, I'm going to sound like I have a cold because I do have a cold. Um, and I can hear myself talking through my nose, which is kind of becoming a pain in the ass. Um, but parents also told me to stop swearing so much. My mum and dad, you know, well, I know my mum, my dad may have, I don't think they've listened to any of the podcasts, which is really interesting. Um, I think they'd actually get annoyed if they heard heard how much I swear, um, as any parent probably would. Um, and I realised that when I swear, there's not a lot of substance behind it. So mum was arguing that you don't need to swear and that it makes no difference. And I was arguing back that there are times in life when a swear word has a little bit of beef to it over a regular word. <laughs> um, but obviously on my podcast, there's no substance behind a lot of the swear words. Um, but I was also telling them how famous Shalane Flanagan became for saying um, the F word followed by yeah in her marathon at New York when she won. Um, so very interesting. But anyway, today is the first day that I've tried, I guess, pushing things along a bit in the, the whole recovery phase side of things. Um, I know I'm a bit under the weather with a cold, but I also knew that there wasn't really a lot of damage I could do today because, you know, I haven't done a lot. So... Like, I wasn't going to go and do 12 miles today really, really fast or anything like that. Um, I, I just, well, first of all, the risk would be too high doing something like that. But I also just knew that um, I wouldn't be capable um, of doing something like that today. So um, it, it became kind of low risk um, to just go and do um, a little four mile around Victoria Park Um had no idea you know, you know, with the calves had been playing up a little bit, um, and uh, my body just in general, you know, at yoga, it felt super stiff, um, and, and I got back on the yoga, it's about time, it was becoming a bit of a disgrace, that I, I kept talking about how it would help my recovery, but I just wasn't effing going, um, so... I went and did some yoga. My body was really was a bit of a mess. It felt pretty tight around the back. Um, it felt pretty tight through adductors and things like this. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if I ever encouraged doing yoga at home. Obviously, I, I did. Nothing will replace going to a class and doing it pretty thoroughly. Um, I obviously thought I could get away with just doing 20, 15 to 20 minutes before runs, sometimes after runs, etc., etc. Um, yeah, body's a bit of a mess. Um, but you live and learn, you know, like I, I think the, the key, the plan would probably be, you know, it, the optimum world would be 15 to 20 minutes before every run. Um, and then potentially one or two classes a week and um, it's the kind of thing I believe over a year is going to cut injuries by I'm, I'm going to say a lot and um, I, I, I would probably be as bold to say like 50% or something crazy like that um, both from a range point of view um, from a uh, you know just not being as stiff things like this but also um, knowledge so 
when you're sitting in yoga and you're in a class, it you, you start to get a bit more present with your body, where's sore, where's not sore, where's tight, where's not tight. And then you might strengthen that area. You might put a bit of time into self-treating, rolling. Um, before London 2016, when I tore my quad, I had no idea it was even tight. Um, if I was doing yoga back then, there's an argument that it wouldn't have been as tight if I was doing yoga, and also that I would have became aware of the tightness, and so maybe I would have acted upon that. Um, so 50%, I'm going to say, guys. So, you know, get it done. I would almost have swore there, because I'd have said, I'd have added a bit of beef behind that. I'd have, I'd have said, get it effing done. <laughs> So yeah, maybe there is sometimes a need on the podcast. So no excuses, you know, if you know, if if you can spare ten, fifteen minutes before every run or you know, you do have the luxury of being able to go a class or two a week, um, I would definitely recommend it. Um so yeah, today today wasn't great. Um it actually wasn't bad, but I did four miles and I felt tragic. Um I, I was I was a bit weak mentally, I was a bit weak in general. You know what it's like having a cold. It's not ideal. And combine that with not doing much for 10 days and everything was just a bit out of sorts. Um, but I did maybe feel better as I got going. It was also windy today, like like really windy, like 25 mile per hour. And goodness knows what the gusts were. So half of the lap felt magical and then half of the lap felt tragic. Um, but I but I knew it was important to get it done. Um, I, I wanted to see where my body was at. I wanted to see if anything hurt. Um, and, and really at some point, you know, I, I need to get things going again. Like, uh, you don't have like, uh, you can't just rest forever and, you know, you can't take everything easy forever. Ah, oh, forgot the bathroom scales. Oh, that kind of annoys me. I went to my parents to get some bathroom scales because they're my bathroom scales that I left behind a long time ago. But, um, I kind of wanted to get back into the routine of seeing, seeing the damage, assessing the damage of this sort of like 10 days or nearly two weeks now, um, a lot easier. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Anyway, so I'm, I'm driving back down the road to, to my place, but yeah, today, today is good. Um, like I said, it was four miles. Um, I did two miles warm up, four miles around Victoria Park. You know, just in regular trainers, um, I didn't need to put flats around or anything like that. Like it, it was just worth just seeing where things were at. I averaged 514. Heart rate was really high. Um, again, probably a combination of not doing a lot for 10 days. Um, and the fact that I've got a bit of a cold, it's probably up. I'm going to say it's probably up 10 to 15 beats. Um, and that's just from, you know, I had quite a lot of mucus this morning. So it's not like a chesty cough or a, like a, it's not like, a, it's not a chest infection or throat infection or anything like that. It's just kind of like a, like a nasally, I probably have like a nasally infection up top. Um, but it, it'll come and go, you know. It's kind of frustrating that it's, uh, that it's here though, because I really wanted to like, enjoy this weekend i'm going to watch the rugby um and i am going to talk more about this but um i i was very happy that um somebody you know as a thank you for me listening to the podcast reached out and um offered some tickets for the rugby so me and a friend are going to go watch the rugby on saturday um and i'm going to tell you more about that after um i i meet him properly on saturday and um and that was yeah really really nice um but i'm annoyed that i have a cold because i i kind of wanted to like when i say enjoy the weekend like maybe you know i was going to have a few more drinks and stuff like that but 
I just can't justify it, you know, if I'm, if I've got a cold and like I've said, at some point I have to get back, um, into training, you know, you can't just, fitness goes fast, let me tell you. Um, and so if I were to drink again, I only drank once last week. Now I had a few ciders in the house, but that doesn't really count. When I say drink, I mean more than five. And I only did that once last week on a night out last Friday at the Black Tie Dinner. But then I was pretty well behaved over the weekend. Actually, very well behaved over the weekend. Um, but I know if I go out Saturday properly, what will probably happen is any progress I've made with getting rid of the cold. Um, you can't burn the candle at both ends, they say. Um, I didn't say that. Somebody else said it. Um what I'm going to take from that this weekend is if I'm going to go do like four miles a little bit harder today. So if I'm going to push the cold in life, which is like my job and the running side of things, some people would rest completely. Um, I've chose not to. I've chose to do a little bit of training and I, I don't really feel like I can keep resting for like heaps longer. Um, so if I'm going to do that side of things, for me to push it in the socializing side of things too, I late night, you know, out cold, drinking, bad nutrition, dehydration, etc., etc. That's probably when you're going to, any progress that I've made to get rid of the cold is probably just going to reset. And then you might find that from this Saturday, I would have another two weeks of a cold. And uh, irrelevant to running, I don't really want the cold for another two weeks. But it does make me a bit sad because um, I kind of was looking forward to maybe having a little bit of a evening in Dublin and a couple of couple of drinks may I say but yeah that's not going to happen now and we will drive down and drive back on Saturday and um, hopefully then it means I can do a decent run Sunday and I'd be loving it if sort of start the middle of next week the cold was kind of been and gone Um, it does amaze me that you know the first week that I um just don't really care too much about bedtimes and what I'm eating or what I'm drinking or all that kind of stuff. Like I get a cold, but I I don't. Okay. Of course it's linked. You know, everything in this bloody world is linked. Um, but I don't think I got a cold for that reason. You know, people get colds all the time. Um, so I, I probably just, someone probably just infected me at some point. Um, and you know, with me, with me, not, probably looking after my immune system too much last week i probably picked up a bit of a cold so um there you go so no look look i'm 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 pretty happy with where things are at um this is where you know i i had to speak to Haas today Haas is absolutely brilliant can i just say and i'm going to tell you why i i obviously sat down with athletics northern ireland and um then spoke to gary my sports psychologist about boston and things like this and um I made this decision that was like, hey, I, you know, I don't think Boston like works and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm very lucky that I have an agent that doesn't act <laughs> straight away. Um, and I'm going to tell you why, because I, I sat down and spoke to Haas last night. Um, and, and, you know, he first of all, I would never make a decision when I have a cold. And people will get that. When you have a cold, you're pretty negative. And when I had the conversation with Gary at the start of the week, you know, I, I already had the cold. I was already pretty negative about things. And um, 
I just don't think you're kind of yourself when you have a cold. Everything feels like hard work, you know, and all and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but anyway, I it, it it the same applies to now. I can't make a decision yet because I need the cold to go away, and I need to see where my fitness is at when when the cold bounces. I can do some stuff in the lab with the institute and stuff like that. But um, for now, I just have to bear with it. I'm not going to do a session in the lab on the treadmill and be told that my heart rate's high and my lactate's high when I know it's going to be, you know, I'm sick. So, of course, it's going to be high. Um, so, I'll wait the next week. But anyway, um, what I was sort of saying there was, um, spoke to Haas today, um, and, and he told me um, that he hadn't told Boston anything yet. Um, I guess he he obviously wanted to speak to me about it. He, he, he wanted to kind of know what other guys were saying about it, the risks, um, things like this. Um, Haas keeps things pretty simple. Um, Haas's input was, you know that the Olympics are four months after Boston, which means you could take a full month off and still have three months to get ready. <laughs> and of course, I was like, well, hello, I knew that. Um, but that's a, that's a, it's a pretty... It's not. It's not even an argument. It's just a pretty good point. Um, I've never took a month off in my life. Well, I, I have when I'm not training, but you know, a month is a long time. Four weeks. Four weeks would nearly like. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure it only takes two two months to get rid of a stress fracture. A month. You know, we were talking about risks, and we were talking about being tired after Boston and things like this, and the legs being a little bit beat up. I mean, do we? Do we honestly think that my legs are going to be beat up for a month, given how well um, in recent marathons I've handled it? Um, he just asked me. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> we're on, we're talking away on on video chat, and um, we're talking about it. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to go back to America just yet. Maybe I wanted to stay home a bit longer. Um, you know, the fact that I had the cold and so I wasn't doing much running, but obviously I would need to get back doing some form of running at some point. Um, and then he just asked me straight up, do you want me to contact Boston and, and pull, pull the plug? And I, I, I couldn't say, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I, I couldn't, um, couldn't do it. Um, I, I basically just said, I, I, I don't know, um, was my answer. Um, and look, there's a couple of things going on here, and I don't mind being honest with everybody. It's re- it's important. Like like it, this is where the podcast is very important. It it only works if there's you know there's honesty, and it's not going to do me. This honesty isn't going to hurt me or anything like that. But um, I was very 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 excited about Boston. Um, I wouldn't have entered it if I wasn't. When I seen the elite field, and I seen that I was right at the bottom of the list. Oh made my day, I was like, that's me, that's, that's where I'm in my element, where I'm just at the bottom, and then for the next, like, three, four months, I just train as hard as I possibly can, and make, you know, I think, one, and I'm going to tell you this, one of Haas's um, arguments was, he doesn't really think people in my circle at home here, like Athletics Northern Ireland, Gary, um, He's, he's basically saying he doesn't think they realize how much different I focus if there's a marathon on the table compared with, like, let's say, a 10K or something like that. And 
What's very important also to realize is when I made my comeback, the only reason I started the comeback was because of London Marathon. So marathons, obviously, first of all, and I'm going to come back to what I was talking about, Boston. I need to finish that because that was important too. Um, my motivation is obviously good, right? But so is everybody's. But to be really good, it needs to almost be like obsessive, yes, but like excited. Excited is far better, you know? You have to be, you have to be super excited about your next goal. Um, you need to have a huge level of respect for the competition and the event, whether it's 10K, half marathon. If you think you're just going to rock up the 10K or half marathon and race to your full potential, if you don't respect the event, no chance. When it comes to marathon running, because I've died in a few of them, especially London 2016 with the quad injury, if I know I'm going to have to stand on the start line of a marathon, it almost becomes impossible for me not to do everything that it takes to be on the start line for that marathon, good to go. Um, and I mean really good to go. I mean when no matter what you face, um, wind, um, fatigue, tiredness, good competition, you're just ready, you know, and you know you're ready. Um, and so that was one of Haas's kind of like, I call it a counter argument. Uh, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. And, um, is there a risk involved with running a marathon? Of course. But, like, you, do you not see people getting injured all the time in running? Injuries happen. It's part of the sport. You know, you deal with it, you get better, you move on. It doesn't matter. Is there a higher risk? You know, th things like that, I don't know. Um, okay, next point that I'm going to tell you about Boston. I signed a contract for Boston. You know, the running world that I live in, you know, it's not... Like, you don't just submit a little bit of interest and get an email back that says, yes, we'd love to have you, um, you're in. You know, I sign a contract. That contract makes me liable, I'm liable, like, to, if I, put it this way, what you're not allowed to do is, you know, tell London that you're going to do London. And London say, great, we'd love to have you, um, we're going to give you a hotel, we're going to pay for your travel, and here's a thousand pounds to race, right? Um, and then let's let's use me as an example. And then you go to Houston and you run well and you hit an Olympic qualifying, whatever. And then maybe Rotterdam decide we would love Scully to come and run our race. Scully, we're the same weekend as London, or we're one weekend before, or whatever. We will pay you five thousand, right? And then I think to myself. Oh, here, why would I go and race London for 1,000 when I can go and race Rotterdam for 5,000? So, look, I don't need to explain contracts. People understand how contracts work. Now, could I get out of my contract for Boston? Probably. Like, you know, I don't know. First of all, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you're not going to be forced to run if you're injured. But I'm also not going to lie to the organizer of the Boston Marathon, who potentially over the next couple of years, if you develop a good relationship, it's like any relationship. This is the this is the main woman of the bloody Boston Marathon. You know, the same woman that texts me after Houston to say, well done. Um, you start to form relationships with these guys and you put yourself in a really good place. Um, so that's equally as important. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Um, it's a tough one. And Haas told me to 
I said I'll make a decision by Friday. He said that's two days away. Take wait till Sunday. So I have a couple of days to just have a wee think about it. I need to wait and see how my um how my man flu goes. I don't I kinda do I don't have man flu. I just have a bit of a cold. But of course I need to see how that develops and see if my decision making gets a little bit better. Um I tried my best to make a plan between now and the Olympics. Twenty six weeks is too much. Um I I don't know if you guys make plans. I of course do. I plan out every sort of marathon build up and where I'm gonna be and where altitude might fit, etc. etc. Twenty six weeks between now and the Olympics is too much. There's way too many variables. Didn't know what training camps would go good, didn't know when I'd get sick, didn't know when I'd like where I might be racing, etc. etc. It was too much. Um now it would be far easier to develop a plan which included maybe New York half marathon have like there's been interest there we have a bit of an offer on the table to go and race New York half so I could do New York half and then I could do Boston now then the decision would be where do I train do I train in the UK do I train um in America um don't know um do I go to altitude do I not go to altitude these are all the things that I need to make a decision on um I decided that this is the year to do what needs to get done and not what I want to do. Um, So what I mean by that is, you know, I'm quite happy at home. I love seeing my friends, all stuff like this. But, you know, this might be the year that I do what needs to be done, which would be altitude. Um, now, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily true because I've spent a lot of time at altitude recently and actually I've only been down for two weeks. So um, it might actually be quite beneficial over the next couple of weeks to stay down and do some training at sea level. And then, of course, there would be time to do, if I did a sea level camp now until New York half, I could then do one, two, three, four, four and a half weeks at altitude before Boston. Or I could do the altitude camp now and then sea level before Boston, which might make a bit more sense because that's something I wanted to practice. But look, that's a lovely round, 22 minutes of a podcast. And I do plan on doing, you know, it's going to sound stupid, but on Tuesday I did like my second version of the mental health podcast. Um, But problem is I talked the whole way bloody through about not doing Boston. So I decided not to upload it because I... You know, I should have done a better job at explaining that, you know, it wasn't necessarily done, done deal, etc., etc. Because I needed to obviously talk to Haas. I needed to talk to the organizers, etc., etc. Um, but I think that's what makes the podcast like, I, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say like unique or special or anything like this. But um, what might make it work is that you guys I live in the present when I'm talking to you guys um I don't talk in you know I don't mull over a decision for two weeks and then do a podcast and explain my like like point of view on it or why I got to that point of view look I I wake up I feel something that day and I tell you guys about it do I change my mind yeah of course I do I told you guys I was staying in Flagstaff and then here I am back in Belfast. Um, but that's just me. You know, that's that's whether that's something that I need to work on or whether that's what's got me to this level. You know, we're always we always criticize things. You know, everything 
everything feels and appears like a negative. Like before Houston, I was getting massage and I was going, oh my goodness, I'm so tight. Everything's really tight. And then I was like, well, hey, I'm talking about this in a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing that everything's tight. Maybe that's why, you know, I've got to the point where I'm at. Um, but yeah, maybe my indecision, maybe my, sometimes it's indecision. Sometimes it's just an ability to, I just change plans for my own happiness and well-being. And I don't second guess it. I just do it. Whereas other people beat around the bush. Not everybody like just like, you know, like if I'm unhappy in a situation or I feel restless in a situation, et cetera, et cetera, I don't hang around. I just bounce. So you can't applaud something in one life where it helps and it works and then criticize it in another aspect of your life where it doesn't. Have I jumped back and forward on the Boston idea? Absolutely. It's a tough one. Um, but I feel like I let other people impact that decision, you know, and, you know, I preach on this podcast a lot about being the chief executive of your company and doing what you want to do and what will motivate you and what will get you very excited about what you're doing. And I know if Boston is written on that piece of paper in my plan, I will be Think how exciting it would be to do the New York Half Marathon and then the Boston Marathon. That's that's a dream, you know. That's a dream in a runner's world, and I can have that. That can that can exist for me. Um, but all right, guys. Um, thanks so much. Um, appreciate you listening. My next podcast will tap into um mental health side of things, volume two, you could say.